circuits are energized. Clear all terminals and retreat to safe zones to prepare for ignition. All systems go. All systems go. Hello and welcome to the Next Level Podcast. I am Josh Thundershaver, and this week I am joined by a special guest, Travis from Planet Recap. How you doing, Travis? I'm great, buddy. I'm Absolutely. fantastic. Glad to have you here. Well, yeah. I mean, you being on the show only means one thing. We're Marvel. Here. We're going to talk M- about M- Marvel. <laughs> the MCU. Uh, Hell yeah. But real quick before we get into that, I just want to say that... Um, I want to I want to acknowledge the loss. Um, November nineteenth, twenty twenty two. We lost Jason David Frank. There's a lot of speculation still as of this recording as to what's going on. Um, regardless, I just wanted to say you know depression's a pretty big deal. Um, if you feel like you've got no one to talk to, there are people to talk to. There are suicide hotlines. Just don't take that upon yourself. Um, regardless if that is actually what happened or not there's some speculation that's going around but it has been confirmed um by other several people that were close to him that he is gone so as the time of this recording um it's probably out more by the time you're actually watching this but we just wanted to say a word and take a moment um to acknowledge the life that was jason david frank and the impact that he had on all of us i'm sure we'll probably do a whole episode dedicated to him here soon um but that being said you know our thoughts go out to uh, his family and uh, you know, made, made the power be yours. <laughs> Absolutely. Look, take a drink to him if you want. Um, but though we'll, we'll get into the, uh, the actual pod of the cast and we're going to talk about the MCU phase four phases. One, two, three happened. They were their own chunk. It was the Thanos saga. And we are taking that infinity gauntlet, chucking that bitch to the side <laughs> and it is gone. So now Aww. we've got much bigger fish to fry because the infinity gauntlet ain't no thing compared to what we got coming up. And there's been a lot of hints as to exactly how big everything is and how little we actually know. Um, and that's that's something that I like about Phase Four that I think really slid under the radar is there's a lot more than than a lot of people really caught on to. I feel like they're setting up so much stuff. Mm-hmm. Like half of it maybe we're catching on to, half of it we probably have no even i not even any idea of what's happening right now because it all just we're seems getting, so ran it seems so random right now. Yes, and we're like, getting a, look. I feel like we're gonna get a lot of flashback scenes later on. That's like, hey, remember this that we did right in front of your fucking face, Kevin yeah. Feige out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, they're laying. This was just like one big phase of just laying seeds and mm-hmm. passing of torches. And I think, you know, in the same yes. way that Iron Man two came out, everyone's like, what the hell was this? And then mm-hmm. like you get into like Civil War, and then you're like, oh my god, like Iron Man two aged so well yeah like i like looking back at it you're like they were doing so much and we had no idea and i think phase four is going to be exactly that looking back at it when fantastic four is coming out whenever uh we're gonna look back and be like oh that's what was going on that's what they were trying to do Mm -hmm. and we were so critical for it yeah absolutely 100 percent. and uh i I feel like a lot of the building blocks is just kind of like yeah, I remember that. 
Um, but I guess we'll we'll just kind of go all the way back and start from the beginning. Yep. Um, and really, one of the first little bits that we got of Phase Four, and and that's that's a lot of the crazy thing about Phase Four is that before Phase Four, there wasn't all of the TV projects, and anything they did on the side was not canon. Not canon and an extra special thing. But here we go with Wandavision being the first thing, mm-hmm. and. It was a weekly episodic show on Disney Plus. I know we watched it together. And um, really, so there's a lot of people in the group saying that WandaVision wasn't necessary for Doctor Strange, and they're wrong. And then there's everybody who actually understands narrative, and they're like, yeah, that was perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was talking with Rachel the other day because she still has yet to see Loki. Um I don't know. She thought that it wasn't important, but I keep trying to tell her that everything is important. If she's going to keep up with it, she's got to watch it. And yeah. she goes, you know, I, I I will give you, I'm very happy that you had me watch WandaVision before Doctor Strange because that, that really filled a lot in. And I would have been asking why all of a sudden Wanda has kids when the last time I saw her was in like Avengers 2 and she didn't, or 3. You know, it's like, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I was talking with your brother, Matt, about we were at work sending, because uh, we work together now, sending each mm-hmm. other Teams messages. We were bored and we were sending each other like, how do you rank the Phase 4 films? Just the films. And then we were looking at them thinking like, none of these movies on their own have anything to do with each other. Mm-hmm. Like you get to looking at, you know, uh, I'm looking at my list here, like Spider-Man and Shang-Chi, Black Widow, Thor, Eternals, Doctor Strange, Black Widow. Like with the exception of No Way Home and Multiverse of Madness, there's no other kind of connection to each other. Like you when well, you're watching these, just the movies, like it's you have my point is you have to have the Disney Plus series to like be able to make this connection oh, between absolutely. Different. Yeah, I was gonna say there are there are some definite connections there. And there's um what's crazy is Falcon and the Winter Soldier really planted some seeds for a subplot that hasn't happened yet. And really just keeps popping up. So um, just to cap off WandaVision, though, Mm. um, you had a lot of things happen in WandaVision. But one of the main things that I think that we're supposed to take away from that is that um, Monica Rambeau now has powers as well. And she's coming back for um, Ms. Marvel, too. Or Captain Uh, Marvel or the Marvels. The the Marvels, yeah. Yeah. And also Excuse setting me up... for using comic book nomenclature for no, the MCU I'm... characters. I do it all the time on accident. I'm glad you have that because I don't. I'm like all, like 95% like movie like subjective. Right. You know, which so isn't welcome bad that. because they've they've built quite a bit of a universe now. So mm-hmm. um so in WandaVision, Monica Rambo. Um see, I know her as Photon, like from 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 out the gate. It's like, oh yeah, she had had the fro and the white costume and, and shot shit out of her hands and pho- photon baby yeah you know mm-hmm. um, <laughs> so when everyone her. else was surprised that she got powers and stuff I was just kind of like yeah. yeah that's what she's there for dog yeah. um, and then Jimmy Woo kind of got more of a importance as a character magic tricks. You know, uh, yeah, they they came full circle with the magic trick, but they're just kind of more <laughs> emphasizing that like he's a usable character. I like the fact that they're using you know the actual characters that we're supposed to know as opposed to like random shield agent. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, he's a great character, great actor, uh, Randall Park. Um, I'm glad they used him because it just kind of fit in very well. And his uh, back and forth, like the the trio between Monica and uh, Darcy and Jimmy Woo was one of my, like, I loved WandaVision 100%. Mm-hmm. No, no qualms about that show. I loved but everything about that, that trio of them was one of my favorite parts of that show. Mm-hmm. I just loved oh, them yeah. together. Oh yeah, and then um, Darcy didn't get powers from being in the in the hex grid sphere, did she? No, mm, no technically not. I mean, could Other... they later on say she's got mutant? Pa- I don't know. They can go that route if they want. Right. As of now, I don't think there's any plans for Cat Dennings. Right. Absolutely. Um, because she did pop up again in Thor, but. That's mm-hmm. not as important. And then um, also at the end, you know, the whole Agatha thing, that's doing another spinoff. And nobody yes. knows if Agatha um, is going to have Scarlet Witch in it or not. There's been a lot of talk about that. But um, mm-hmm. we, we can we can talk about more that more when we get down to Doctor Strange, the multiverse of madness. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Because next was the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Um, How'd you feel about it, Mr. Josh? A lot happened, but also not a lot happened. And I feel like when I later found out about the original plans and what they wanted to do with this Mm -hmm. show, and then what we actually ended up watching later on, Mm -hmm. I kind of feel like we got the raw deal because they thought that people were going to be sensitive. But it was was life imitating art. Right, exactly. Life too closely, but it kind of the quality of it kind of dipped because of that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it did greatly affect it because they literally waited to the last second to be like, "Oh, we can't do COVID. We we can't we can't make COVID the bad guy here." Um, Mm -hmm. But something that I really didn't like about it that a lot of people don't address. And I know I've said this to you before, so you're not going to be surprised when I say it is that they kept referring to, I wonder what Steve would do. I wonder what Steve would Steve's not dead. He literally, we saw him as an old guy and he's, he's not dead. There's, there's literally nothing that says Steve Rogers is dead in the MCU. So all they have to do is pick up their fucking phone and call their grandpa. Yeah. That's actually pretty true to life. Let me tell you. Oh, uh, hey, Grandpa, what would you do here? Oh, who are you, Jeremy? No, that's not how that goes, man. This is Steve Rogers. He may have an old, feeble body, but his mind is still a steel trap. And in fact, in the comic books for a while, he was pretty useful as an old guy because it happened. You know, mm-hmm. he got turned old as a result of the original Sin storyline. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not going to lie, this was kind of a really crazy time for Marvel comics. And I was just, I I had to stay, take a step back. Uh, One of the first strikes for me was when Marvel stopped producing fantastic four comics. So they would stop giving Fox fodder for movies. They're like, Hey, if you're going to keep doing this to our characters, we're just going to unmake our characters. Um, And it was just kind of like, what? And then they did a couple more things. And I'm like, I just have to take a step back from Marvel comics for a while. And they did some real crazy shit. One of the things they did that I had to go back in and I had to go into the comic shop and be like, I need this issue was they killed Wolverine. And during this time, um, they did like a epilogue of it. And one of the parts of the epilogue was Deadpool and Captain America going to like identify his body and make sure a hundred percent that that is dead Wolverine. 
and <laughs> Deadpool and Old Man Cap go on the craziest adventure, fucking up Hydra agents. Like, <laughs> uh-huh. it's absolutely awesome. So I don't know why we can't have Old it. Man Captain America in the MCU, but well, you know, that's... Captain America. Right. <laughs> I don't want to. Um... <laughs> Just the absolute no fucks given there in 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 Phase Three. No. Yeah. I'm old and I don't want to. Um, exactly. But moving forward, so they they also kind of took a step back and they were like, "Hey, Steve Rogers really wasn't the first Captain America. We got Isaiah Bradley." And I was like, "Good." I because the ending, yeah, that whole oh, subplot yeah. and the ending, I just tears. Mm-hmm. I no, absolutely. Uh, that yeah, that show for me was worth it. Watching mm-hmm. the ending with Isaiah Bradley going to the Smithsonian, seeing mm-hmm. what became of his legacy, and it was yes. just the whole like you can say whatever you want about the series, like the the whole series is worth it just just for that one scene. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think my yeah, and then um, they're also taken with the Isaiah. Not 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 to cut you off entirely on that, but um, they're also kind of building the Young Avengers. Yeah, yeah. It so, seems like there's um, a little mini version of someone in each property. Yes. So canonically, Isaiah Bradley's grandson is the patriot of the Young Avengers mm-hmm. in the comics. He was there. Yeah, as as well as as he and he was in there just without any powers yet. So maybe just maybe we'll see him back again. Uh, mm-hmm. In WandaVision, he had the boys, and they even showed up on the Halloween episode as Speed and Wiccan. So that's two more <laughs> members of you know the Young Avengers. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's going to happen. I really do. They just haven't completely finished building the team yet, and I think that's something that they want to stretch out for a while because they're not going to come until like phase five, phase six. Right. Yeah. I mean, this was. Well, I mean, clearly because we're done with phase four. That was the dumbest thing I've said today. But <laughs> well, I didn't catch it. If that makes you feel better. <laughs> mm-hmm. I said they're not um, going to come until phase five or phase six, and it's like, well, duh, phase four is over, right? And we've it's seen it all. Um, I mean, just say what you want about Falcon and Winter Soldier. My biggest thing about that show was, like, you can literally watch Endgame, and there's that little bit between Joe Biden, Cap, Falcon, and Bucky, where they pass the mantle, and Bucky kind of gives his like nod. Um, whatever they're going to jump into next, may it be like Cap 4, like mm-hmm. you really don't need to have seen Falcon and Winter Soldier at this point because right. as far as we know, like if you've only watched Endgame, Sam is Captain America, mm-hmm. Bucky is not, Captain America is mm-hmm. done, and Zemo is in prison. And that's exactly how they ended the series. Like there was like other than character development, I mean, there yeah, there's really character development. Well, you need to know that Contessa LaFontaine is putting together a team. Yeah. And she's got a new Captain America that she's using. Mm-hmm. And he happens to be Kurt Russell's son, which mm-hmm. is very terrifying. <laughs> son of ego. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you've got Wyatt Russell playing. Um, he's he's going to be uh, U.S. agent. U.S. agent, yeah. Yes, and I think that is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so that is another big development that comes from that, is that she's setting up... Well, and that's also kind of a throwback to Black Widow. 
Because right. in Black Widow, they really do show her for the first time being like, hey, I work for the government, but I'm doing my own thing. You know? Yeah. Um, kind of Nick Fury-esque. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but Loki happened next first, before Black Widow came out. Correct. And Loki was absolutely fantastic. Because one of the biggest qualms that a lot of people had about Phase 3 was that they go back in time, and then Loki gets the Tesseract, and then blips away, and then that's it. And everybody's like, and you guys left the whole rest of that plot out of the movie? We're talking about universes imploding inside itself. No, they gave it its own TV series. Yep. Which And it was fantastic. Oh, my God, was it fantastic. Uh, everything down to having comic book Loki in it. Mm-hmm. Little Thor frog of thunder in a jar. Uh-huh. Alligator Loki. and Oh, man, yeah. there were just so many different... There were actually multiple versions of different comic versions of Loki in this live action series, which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, the President Loki was straight out of a comic book. Yeah. Um, I think everything I, about it was fantastic, and I cannot wait for season two. Yeah, um, you know, going forward into the multiverse saga, mm-hmm. um, I thought this was fitting because of the multiverse saga. By the way, oh, okay. Um, uh, going forward, I think Loki's going to be like the one series you're going to have to watch to kind of understand and kind of piggybacking into yeah. Quantum Mania coming up in a couple months. Like, mm-hmm. if you haven't watched Loki, you're not going to really have any clue or understanding as to what is happening because that happened. I, yeah, I told Rachel she has to watch Quantum Mania. That's what that is. Okay, I was like, why does it look so damn familiar? I thought it was lightning. <laughs> And you didn't correct me before we before the show started. That's funny. Oh no! Uh, but not, no, I, I told Rachel she has to watch Loki before we get into Quantum Mania because that's where all the important stuff happens. And and that's another thing is I keep telling Brian that he's got to watch Loki because that's where all of the important stuff happens. And mm-hmm. I know it's it's funny because he's going to be editing this, and I'm just going to straight up. I'm telling you Hi, right Brian. now, Brian, that I'm about to spell this beans about Loki. So just scrub through this if you if you don't want to. Oh yeah, are we supposed to like not spoil stuff for No, this like, is how this spoiler is spoilerific. We we're we're talking about the whole phase four. It's done and over with. Okay, um, good. Yeah. So um oh in, in vision, we got white vision now out of WandaVision as well. Um yeah. but Loki at the end, they end up wanting to destroy this entity, and they do. And see, the thing is, is this this entity, the the one he he who remains, is at one point in time, there was a big war, and and the point in time is irrelevant because this is this is Kang the Conqueror we're talking about. He exists all at once and and never at all, and all sorts of shit. But he's the one that won the war between all the Kangs and decided that he wanted to be good and have balance. Well, variant Loki Sylvia m- murdered the shit out of him, which brought all of the other Kings back. Yep, which means that they've always been there and they are now there all at once. It's really kind of hard to explain what this means, but it also means that there's a lot of strings that are currently being pulled that we don't see because they've been being pulled um, by this guy who wasn't there until now. Is that a good way to talk about it, Wibbly Wobbly, enough? (laughs) Uh, Like to spoil like 80% of it, you mean? Without really... Well, no, I mean to explain how the whole thing about Kang coming about is, because he's always been there, but he wasn't there until now. 
Well, because he, had, he is King the Conqueror. He always exists, but he didn't. I mean, he he used the TVA to prune timelines that could mm-hmm. produce different variants of him. And now that they've literally reached the end of like his mm-hmm. destiny script, like everything's just a free for all at this point. There's no such thing as like destiny apparently now. Um, right. Like because he had written out every single thing that would ever happen, and now that he's not there anymore, anything it's a, it's a free for all. So many more kings to come. Yeah, absolutely. I and hope. you got yeah, exactly. And there's different versions of him throughout time. You got Amortius. Um, in the comics, you know, coming back around again to the Young Avengers, um, there was this whole thing where all of a sudden Kang ends up being the bad guy in the Young Avengers, and they're like, Well, why? Well, it's because Iron Lad was Kang the whole time and he wanted to get his variant back. And he's mm. like, Come on, little kid, we've got some work to do. And they're like, What the fuck? And it just kind of brought like all the storylines to a crashing halt so they could move on to um, the Civil War storyline. And it was just kind of like no one expected that. So I don't know. Uh, That might happen in the MCU as well. I did see some speculation that Harley Keener. um, Remember the little kid in in Iron Man? And then he was at the funeral in Avengers. So I've seen some speculation that he's going to become Iron Lad. And then it's going to be revealed that the whole time he was Kang the whole time. Um, I mean, they can do whatever they want. I personally don't think they're going to do that direction. I guess time I don't know. Tell. I mean, yeah, that's 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 just one of the stronger theories that's online right now. Um, also, I, I saw that um, there's a lot of speculation that when the Kang Dynasty comes about, they're going to split up the Avengers because the Avengers, as they stand, is basically just going to be all the heroes that we can get now. And throw them together. Um, But they're going to split everybody up into teams and put them in different time periods against, you know, you've got Amortius, you've got King of the Conqueror, you've you've got the Egyptian dude, you know. Who's, I was trying to remember, what's, what's his name when he was the Pharaoh? Right. And I, (laughs) like, I keep wanting to say that was Amortius, but in the back of my head, I wasn't because it's such an old school thing. It's not Ramatut or something. Yes, it is Ramatut. It is actually Ramatut. Thank you. It was like right on the tip of my tongue, my dude. Um, So yeah. And then I saw a whole thing where they're going to have like Moon Knight and Werewolf by Night and a couple other people like go off and fight him separately. And it's like, oh oh my God, that would be, I mean, could be, that would be why they're there. Um, You just gave me goosebumps by that whole, like, that sounds so cool. I <laughs> so they're that, they're gonna they're gonna I have one happens. big fight, but it's gonna be split up into se- several like, different. You know, send yeah. the Midnight Suns off in one direction mm-hmm. and have them take out a different variant. Oh my god, that sounds so cool. Yeah, absolutely. You got me. Just tw- I didn't think I could be more excited than just now. That was awesome. Well, I'm glad that Loki got you excited because we're about to slam the brakes and talk about one of the biggest disappointments, and that was the Black Widow prequel movie. Um. um, um uh i'll say this i think it was just it was put out too late absolutely it hit the mark but at the wrong time i think and i was looking back i think it would have probably been better and i'm looking at my list here of my notes i think it would have came out better if it came out sometime after like doctor strange okay it had to have it had to have happened after civil war and then doctor strange and then if you put in a black widow movie like that would have been Mm-hmm. That would have been pretty cool. So, and it's just like, at this point, it's like, she's dead and we're trying to move on. And suddenly you're throwing us back into like the beginning of the last phase randomly. Mm-hmm. And it, 
And it, it's kind of irritating because the whole reason that we still got that movie is because it set up for some really minor things to come about in the future. Um, I don't appreciate the fact that what they did with several of the characters to make them fit into the puzzle better. But yeah, like who? specifically Taskmaster and Yelena Belova. Um, yeah, Taskmaster was a letdown. That was a huge letdown. I, I really want Taskmaster to be an actual, like, super smart person, not fucking Lando Calrissian's dude from Cloud City with the, I am here to serve you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's that's kind of exactly what they turn fucking Taskmaster into, instead of having a person whose power is to copy anybody else's, you know, like, fighting styles, yeah, um, as it is in the comics. So, I don't know. And then the whole thing with Yelena, like, yeah, she's supposed to have been brought up also in the same area and style in the Red Room and everything, but she's not fucking, they're not sisters. This isn't Tia and Tamara Mowry talking about, you know, being separated at birth. This is literally like shoehorning a character that's been there the whole time and going, oh, she's been there. No, she hasn't. Like, you can't tell me that. That was kind of like a I don't want to make a critique of Hawkeye just yet or not, but when when Clint Barton's like, your sister used to talk about you all the time, I'm like, no, he didn't. No, she didn't. Exactly. Because, and, and, and everyone's kind of like, well, why was Black Widow important? And I'm like, well, you need to know why she's coming after him in the Hawkeye show. And they're like, and? And I'm like, she also like got a- recruited by Contessa. And they're like, and? And I'm like, it was kind of a big two-hour-long trailer for Hawkeye and what's to be of the Thunderbolts. To set up for things, yeah. Like, I'm not going to lie. I watched it with Matt, and the, the thing that I remember about it the most was, um, you know, his son yelling from the bathroom, hey, I'm going to flush this next. And we had to stop the movie <laughs> and stop him from flushing and watch stuff on the toilet. That's what I remember about the Black Widow movie. Uh, so moving oh, yeah. on. Because they put that on Disney+, Plus, didn't they? Mm-hmm. They did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you had to pay the extra money to watch it on Disney Plus. And I don't yeah, think I that went ever that. so well because they didn't do that anymore. No. Um, I think they did with Shang-Chi, but then they put it back on later. So oh, really? then, yeah, and then, then What If came out next. And I don't want to say I was let down and have it have the impact of saying that I was let down by the What If series, but mm-hmm. I am a long time fan of what if the comic book. Um, I remember you talking about that and just how passionate you are. And like, it was kind of like this sensitive, like going into it, you were a little kind of like mm -hmm, kind of mm -hmm. cautious Um, going into it. Oh yeah. Because by the time that I was old enough to start going to the comic shop by myself, what if it already done a complete run and was over with. And it was one of those things that you found in the back issues and all of the really good ones cost money and all of the okay ones to the crappy ones were in the regular back issue bins for a quarter apiece, you know, stuff like that. So I really started stocking up on these comics back in the day. And I really loved what if, because I like alternate takes on things. You know, you've got things like what, what if Wolverine became the Lord of the vampires? What if 
Punisher became um, Captain America was one, and then that later on that came to fruition in the comics and stuff. But the What If comic is completely, completely the fuck different. But there's so mm-hmm. many different crazy What Ifs, and every once in a while, like they even knew to have jokes about it. Like um, I know I've sent several in our group chat that we're in. Um, what if What if Ghost Rider was eco friendly and he rides around on a bicycle? Um, <laughs> <laughs> what if what if Punisher were um were super liberal and he was like telling all these people to like stop polluting and he's like I'm not going to waste a gun because the CO2 emissions from the gas chamber from the bullet <laughs> and it's like they kick his ass in an alleyway it's hilarious uh-huh. but uh no I absolutely I absolutely love what if in the series we got for a show mm-hmm. <sighs> Some of the episodes not only completely missed the mark, mm-hmm. um, but goddamn, that Thor episode actually made me want to go do something else instead of finishing it and watching it. That was just a fun episode. The party Thor episode? Uh-huh. I felt like it was a waste of my half hour. Like, I literally, I was like, can this be over yet? Is this, do I have to watch this? And it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't worth Jeff Goldblum saying, release the phone. <laughs> no <laughs> that's my favorite part of that episode <laughs> man you, you got to on disney plus they've got their their side stuff with the other things that they have and i think it's uh-huh. in the discovery channel stuff but they've got uh-huh. the world according to jeff goldblum or I whatever love jeff the title goldblum, I love that oh my show. god you have to watch that show if you have it yeah that's so great you know I, i've got enough of that to make up for release the foam because some of that stuff was just trash and i'll even say it here um the the whole what if what if Killmonger, like that whole episode only took place to set up for the last episode, when they had the the two parter. Like there was I don't know I felt they I felt like they spent too much time in Wakanda. There were a couple. There were like two or three episodes, weren't mm-hmm. there? Yeah, yeah, like I was I was I was okay with the what if T'Challa became Star Lord. That definitely not only puts a different spin on things, but in the long one really creates more problems that it helped fix. And that's, that's what I like about a what if it's the insinuations on the bigger things down the road. Um, It's not particularly a what if, but there's this um, DC's imprint is called um, Elseworlds. And I've always had this theory that the Kents never had children of their own because little baby Kellel's spaceship made them sterile. Oh, and then that's okay. why they never had their own kids. And they just adopted every other fucking alien that dropped out of the sky on their farm. You know, Kara Zor-El. Um, so nice of them. Right. Exactly. All the fucking super pets, all of them. So <laughs> they did this Elseworlds title where what if instead of landing outside of Kansas, little baby Kellel landed on the Northern side of, um, Gotham City outside um, of, you know, a mansion owned by the Waynes. Wasn't there like and, a, a Red Sun, like he landed in Russia type of thing? Yeah, Red Sun is, is part of the Elseworld series, and yeah, it is okay. the same thing he lands in Russia. But in, in uh, Speeding Bullets, um, he lands outside of Wayne Manor and the Waynes adopt him. Well, the Waynes never give birth to little baby Bruce Wayne because oh, shit. the ship made him sterile. With the radiation, oh, and they literally okay. made that cannon. So I don't know. That's what I've always loved about what ifs because it's always kind of like 
they, you get little insights into the production Bible of the workings of the universe. And they just always kind of like tongue in cheek it if you're really paying attention. Um, right. So when, when T'Challa becomes Star-Lord, fucking um, what's his name? And I, I feel really bad because I can't think of fucking Star-Lord's real name. But he's uh, not there to join... Yeah, Peter Quill, he's not there to do all the things he needs to do to set up to stop his dad from, you know, fucking shit up in the universe. So he mm-hmm. can't really become the Star-Lord. And I really like how they come back later and you find where Peter Quill is at the whole time. He's like, hey, we gotta stop your dad. Um, <laughs> you know, and I really like how they did that. I So I really like that episode. But then when they were just kind of like, oh yeah, Chadwick Boseman passed away and this was his last recording. And then they just kept coming back to Wakanda. I'm like, guys, stop. Yeah, um, yeah, the 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 T'Challa becoming Star Lord episode was a, it was a tearjerker, mm-hmm. just because uh, it was so Chadwick Boseman centric, and I'm mm-hmm. like, that's the last time we're gonna see him centric, and mm-hmm. then they kept on showing him. I'm like, this is ah, mm-hmm. and also, I hope you like watching Iron Man die. Yeah, because you're gonna see it happen like four more times. A lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and that's and that's something that's neat about, you know, the what if universe is that you can really just go through and do whatever you want because it is the multiverse and it is the infinite, you know, verses that we're looking into. Um mm-hmm. but the whole point of the comics is that it's the watcher being like, "Hey, check out this thing I saw. Let me show you." That dirty and space in the sh- Yeah. <laughs> but then in the show it's like, "Oh, hey, infinity ultron's doing this thing and we're gonna take all of the main characters from all the episodes from season one and we're gonna fight this thing together and it's all gonna culminate and i just kind of felt like at the end i'm just kind of like they literally just sold me the action figure so i could buy the play set that's what this whole (laughs) thing was is that every prior episode was just a setup so they could do the thing at the end and i kind of like i'm like this takes away from it for me this isn't, yeah. you know, and and I will also be 100% honest, I didn't like the zombie episode. Well, I guess they're going to try to make that up to you, Josh. They're going to mm-hmm. try to make that up to you real good. Well, it's still set in the same universe, and I don't like that. They painted them, themselves in too yeah. much corners. Um, yeah, I think they're going to use a lot of the Phase 4 characters. I, I saw some concept art of mm-hmm. who, like, the survivors are going to be. It's going to be, like, Shang-Chi and uh aquafina and red guardian and yeah some others a lot a lot of the the side side characters that are gonna shine more i'm so sorry yeah. later on so moving forward from what if shang chi oh yeah fantastic there's really Love not it. much to say about this movie other than it was great mm-hmm. it had its story set and it's its self thing and it was a very good origin story for the character that way later when he shows on you get to go I know exactly who that dude is. I know exactly what he does. And I felt like they didn't bog it down because I felt like this was one of the perfect ones that you needed an origin story for because he's not a main big character. A lot of people don't know that he really has existed this whole time. He Mm -hmm. literally is a byproduct of the Kung Fu era in the seventies and Marvel going, Hey, let's make a character. So he's never really been, big a zone spotlight and i really like the fact that they're going to try to do it however my one qualm is that they took one of the main big powers something that's on the line of the infinity gauntlet and completely changed everything about it to fit their narrative um because the 10 rings of power are not 
and I remember you got to remember I was talking about this before the movie came out because I saw mm-hmm. the toy in the store and I'm like they yeah. better fucking not. <laughs> um, and then they did, but the ten rings of power are literally rings that go on your finger and they do things kind of like the Infinity Stone. And the whole time, like the Mandarin wears them and he's Iron Man's bad guy, and I'm like, what the fuck are they doing? And it was a good movie. Like I'm really, I'm still upset that they made such a big change. But then at the same time, it's kind of like, no, that was a really palatable movie. Like, everything about it was great. It didn't feel dumb. And and that's kind of yeah. what I feel like a lot of the times when they do something, it feels dumb. But this was a very change-wise, you know what I'm saying. But this felt like right. a very organic change. And there was a lot of the, this is a lot more than what you think undertones that weren't important to the story at all. That was just kind of like, this is going to be back later. There will be a test. Um, so I feel like Kang is going to have a lot to do with the bands, the, the ring bands. Yeah, I I think somehow the 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 Ten Rings and also Kamala Khan's Bengals mm-hmm. will kind of have some kind of mm-hmm. connection. Looks I, like I can't the, see how they like would same stuff. And then um, yeah, you know, somebody brought up something else too that's also from that. But it's like, yeah, you know, you've got all that going on. Um, but Shang Chi was just a big movie, and I really like it. And it's, it's. I don't even care that they changed important vital things. Mm-hmm. It could because this is the MCU we're talking about, so it's going to be different. Um, but in order to talk about everything, we're going to have to move on, um, mm-hmm. because there's a lot in Phase Four to unpack. So then you've got the Eternals, which was the most expensive nap I've ever had, because we watched that in IMAX, and. <sighs> Rachel, like, my cuddle, like, dude. <laughs> I like your review of it. You said that, uh, you said, quote, it was a movie that I saw. Yes, that was my official review for The Eternals. It was a movie that I saw. The end credits had so much more of an impact than the entire movie itself. It's wow. not even funny. Um, yes, they set up the whole thing that really all of the superpowers of Earth come from beings that were there way before and they fucked canonically they fucked and you it know, got steamy it got way yeah steamy. exactly and um yeah not not in the movie but canonically it happened so mm-hmm. that's kind of like where powers come from and then <sighs> the one thing that really makes the thing that makes me the most angry about all of phase four is they went and took one of the subplots to one of my favorite like masterpiece books like they're there are so many early nineties, like masterpieces that came out and because it was a time where everyone was really hardcore competing with each other to actually be the best. And Marvel put out this series, um, earth X universe X paradise X and Travis. I got, (laughs) if you ever want to read them, I've got them as comic books holy shit, there's so much more that goes on that we could even talk about because we're talking about the MCU. But one of the big plot points that they come around is that Galactus actually was never been a bad guy. He's really trying to stop something worse from happening. And the thing that's worse that he's trying to stop from happening is the the Celestial from bursting, you know, out of the Earth like an egg and fucking up shit in several parts of the universe. So Uh it it really opens up things so it's not even... It's just kind of like... Earth being destroyed is a byproduct, regardless of how you look at it. 
So either something terrible is going to happen when the Earth is destroyed, or nothing's going to happen when the Earth is destroyed. And really, Galactus is just clocking in and doing his fucking job. Um, We're not so, there yet, buddy. They yeah. Might, I mean, they got a lot more to do. Well, so they did the thing where they, like, started to let the egg hatch. They, they took Galactus entirely out of the equation because they did the thing where the Earth is an egg. And they did, did the thing where the Celestial was coming out, and now we've got a hand and, like, a head sticking out of the water, <laughs> sticking out of the ocean. Uh-huh. And no one fucking talks about it because we had Hawkeye the series, Spider-Man No Way Home, Moon Knight, Doctor Strange, uh, Miss Marvel, Thor, and it wasn't until She-Hulk that they did it, and I literally just went down the list of everything that comes out in order. It wasn't until She-Hulk that they did a throwaway joke in the background, like, what the fuck is this in the ocean? And mm-hmm. that's the one thing that I hate about Phase 4 the most. Um, and the movie was boring, and the one important thing was was ignored, and then you've got the end credit scene, and you've got, oh, hey, Kit Harrington. You're you're the Black Knight, and I'm Blade talking to you from off screen, and that's probably not going to be important until much later than we thought it was because we can't <coughs> keep our shit together behind the scenes. COVID, mm-hmm. maybe mm. blaming on COVID. Who knows? Well, no, the director left, so Blade's getting pushed back again, again. If you didn't know, oh, yeah, yeah, and it's just kind of like, come on, guys, and then and then they bring in Star Fox, who is Thanos's brother. That would have been important while Thanos was a big bad guy. He was taking a nap. He was. He was with One Direction. Nap. He was too. He was. He was too early. Right. Exactly. So I don't know, man. That's just. I feel like all of the important stuff happened, but even then, all of that fell flat. Like the day that we saw the movie, it felt much more important. But now, what I know about the future of the MCU is just kind of like when. Uh, when you when you following through on that promise, bro? Because let me tell you, right now it looks like you won't. Um, but I don't know. But that's what I have to say about the Eternals. You have anything else to say about the Eternals? Uh, as, like I said, as someone who hasn't kind of been raised on comics, who mm-hmm. you know, cartoons and comics here and there, but mostly the movies. Going into Eternals, I liked Eternals. It wasn't my favorite. It wasn't. It wasn't. You know, I liked it more than you, but I didn't like mm-hmm. it as much Absolutely. as I was really. I didn't like it as much as I was really hoping. Um, I kind of see Eternals as almost like if you're trying to introduce your snotty aunt who doesn't watch superhero movies to a superhero movie, make her watch Eternals because it's it's a really slow, drawn out family drama. Oscar Darling. If they're trying to do an Oscar Darling, this was the movie that they were trying mm-hmm. to trying to do that for so absolutely i I feel uh tonally i like that they did something different and at the end of it i i really gave a shit about all 10 characters you know um you did i did i liked them all i thought all that i thought all the actors showed up for you know to play and and they were all in their a game and i you know was it was it a very slow drawn out movie that probably could have been two hours yeah but at the same time super guilty of that in multiple multiple instances (laughs) making those movies too long um but what what they what they did recently in the comic books is they made the eternals the big bad guys and had the eternals versus x-men versus the avengers and all sorts of crazy stuff yeah and this like just happened in the comics yeah yeah i remember seeing uh like a 
like the A and the X and some kind of eternal yep. symbol. Yeah, like, absolutely. So that's that's currently what's going on, and it's just kind of like stop trying to make this important. Stop. Um, but Hawkeye was next, and Hawkeye I feel like was great. Hawkeye is definitely one of those ones where if it wasn't several episodes, would become a yearly Christmas watch because it they they did the thing where they made it set around Christmas, so technically it's a Christmas movie. Um, <laughs> like Die Hard, but, it's, it's the crime drama set around absolutely. Christmas. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Batman Returns is is Batman's a very Batman Christmas. It's one of, it's one of the movies I watch every year on Christmas Aww, along with Die Hard. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, um, so. What I really like about Hawkeye is that they really gave, they finally gave Clint Barton his time to shine. Um, he's always been one of my favorite Avengers because he doesn't have any powers. He just goes up there and does it. And yeah, that's something they've always, yeah. And that's something they've always hit home with the movie. He's like, I'm, I'm a guy with the bow and arrow and these are fucking robots. Mm-hmm. No. A great scene. Yes. <laughs> so I feel like finally giving Hawkeye the spotlight was really cool that we got a story where he got to shine more. He was the main cool guy. Um, and two very important things that it did. Um, well, three, three very important things that it did is number one is um, it set up once again for a new character, a new mantle bearer. So they've got Kate Bishop to come in. She's going to be a young Avenger as well, but she's also going to be the new Hawkeye because that's something they're very keen on our, on right now is passing the torch. It makes me sad because I feel like they are not really understanding the longevity that these characters have. They can put Chris Evans in a a red, white, and blue suit and have Captain America movies until he literally falls over dead and people would pay money to see it. Same thing with all the other Avengers. There's no reason to be killing off these people left and right um, or replacing them. So I don't know. So I really like the fact that... This Sorry, this was a straight up. I'm handing you the mantle story. Very much um, so. Yes, so that was something that was very important to have, as opposed to just like, I'm the new superhero on the block now. Suck it. Um, the other thing that's really important that it did is literally the day this episode came out on Wednesday. So the sneak, you know, the first showing of Spider-Man No Way Home, the day before everyone went and got to see Spider-Man No Way Home and see Matt Murdock in the MCU, mm-hmm. we got Kingpin. We got a fight with the Kingpin the night before on Hawkeye. And I'm just like, holy shit, they just popped open that can of, of, of chips before we. It, it was supposed to officially happen. And I don't think that anyone planned that right because it happened to no fanfare. There was no, right. it was just one of those, they ripped the Band-Aid off and they're like, oh, here's Kingpin. Another example, Brian, of watch the shows. Yeah, Brian. You're going to have moments like that. Yeah, I think I, I think I spoiled that one for him a while back on a different podcast. Um, <laughs> but Hawkeye was great. And then the third really, really important thing that it did, Travis, do you know what I'm going to say? Um, The owl? No, Captain America oh. the musical. We all needed that. We all needed that. <laughs> I don't uh-huh. even like musicals, and I'm I'm very Rogers happy that happened. Rogers that's, the that's musical, one of those songs, recent songs that lives rent free in my head. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my favorite part was Ant Man wasn't even there. I know. This is stupid. I, I love that. <laughs> I absolutely love that. Just Clint. <laughs> Clint was sitting. Clint's mad as hell. Sitting. Sitting. 
Ant-Man wasn't even there. Uh-huh. <laughs> he could have been just really small. Maybe he was there. That was such a great scene, though. Yeah. Um, well, and, and that the, the... really like has a lot to say about them changing the characters to make it fit their narrative. It was kind of them meta being like, hey, guys, this is funny. And also just the fact that the MCU has been around for so long that anybody just jumping into this franchise wouldn't mm-hmm. really know that. Like they would just kind of assume, oh, Ant-Man's in the MCU. Like, I guess they were there. I don't know. Ant-Man's like I've character. only seen it maybe once in the background. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's just kind of a testament to how long the series has kind of gone on for. Yeah, absolutely. So. I don't know what it... <laughs> Paul read. I swear this is way off topic. But anytime I think about Ant-Man, I think about the photo from Halloween from like two or three years ago where he's out taking his daughter trick-or-treating and she's dressed like they had someone make an actual like scaled down replica of the wasp costume from the movie, uh, uh-huh. Ant-Man and the Wasp 2. And he's Weird Al Yankovic. And, uh-huh. and, and, and the thing that was going around on the meme was like, can you imagine your dad actually being the Ant-Man and not wanting to go trick-or-treating with you as the <laughs> Ant-Man? And I'm just like, Weird Al's such a cooler hero. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, yep. so, so Hawkeye was great. And then Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, hands down, the shining star of Phase Four. Um, You're not kidding, though. Holy like, shit! I've uh, never had I've never had a religious experience, but I have to assume it's something along the lines of that. Let me tell you, um, I just yeah, the whole theater cheering when we got multiple Spider Men popping up was absolutely like I was I was high. The whole time, like just <laughs> off of just just off of the 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 entire like feeling in the theater, like yeah. it was absolutely fantastic because, like you, everyone's like in anticipation, like what's it gonna happen? When's it gonna happen? And then Andrew Garfield shows up, and everyone's like, "Oh my fucking god!" And then um, Tobey Maguire shows up, and everyone's like, "Ah, this can't be real!" And then like towards the end, you know, you start seeing the shapes in the sky, and I'm like, "Is that?" X-Men and they're like no you're expecting too much from us now I'm going to need you to take a step back fix your microphone again and and chill out because you don't get the X-Men yet and I'm just like all right, I got enough but really I was wanting the X-Men then that's that's the point that I thought the X-Men were going to come in or the other thing is the second um, because they they had two post credit scenes and the second post credit scene was literally just the trailer for um, Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, yeah. So I legitimately thought that it was going to lead directly into into it. And um, they just kind of brushed it off. But other than that, that was the perfect movie. That was was, um, probably everyone's number one A1 MCU all four phases movie, and I'd have to agree with them. Everything about that was great. It was a fantastic film. Um, I love seeing Willem Dafoe. Uh, being Green Goblin again, absolutely. Uh, it coming off of Endgame and Infinity War, they had a tall order, mm-hmm. and I think I don't know. Personally, I I think they met that just as someone who grew up with Tobey Maguire, mm-hmm. and I I can still remember going to the movie theater in May of two thousand and two and sitting there with my buddies Nick and Cody, and mm-hmm. for for Nick's birthday and sitting there and watching this epic and having my 11 year old mind blown 
Oh, absolutely. And then, and then 19 years later, getting to watch Tobey Maguire and Willem Dafoe on the screen mm-hmm. again, I was just like, it's indescribable. If there's absolutely, some yeah. days, some days I get to just thinking about this movie and I have to stop thinking about it because I, I will start crying. It just, it touched it touched my soul and I, you, like great. I'm not just saying that if I'm at work and I'm just like start thinking about No Way Home like I'm, I got to come down from that moment because I'm like it was so powerful that whole fucking movie was just incredible mm-hmm. and Everything. I just like I remember we we went to the grocery store afterwards and my boyfriend went inside and I just sat in the car just like staring into the void like oh my god like having I was trying to bring myself down from like you said this high and it yeah. was just it was like time stops and time and space. And I, it was just, you know, Oh yeah. Well, and, and that's great because like after the movie, um, cause we all did our damnedest to not have anything spoiled. And we went, didn't we go the Thursday of, but it was like the third showing because they started showing it way earlier in the day. And they typically do a I, seven and a 10 showing. I think. Okay. Yeah. And it was crazy because afterwards we're all standing in the lobby and there's, you know, the group of us that usually go see movies together. And then I had other people that I knew that were there at the theater. And then it just kind of turned in this group, big group of us standing in the lobby being like, wasn't that the greatest fucking movie ever? And I feel like coming hot off of a time of not being around other people, the lobby after Spider-Man No Way Home was probably one of the greatest like cinematic experiences ever because it was people standing around talking about a movie they'd just seen after people not fucking talking to each other for like two years. Yeah. So I don't know. I, Spider-Man did that for us. They, they went that hard. Now, the, the one thing that I do have to say in a negative way about Spider-Man <clears throat> is that they followed up on the end credit scene for Venom 2. And brought Tom Hardy in, literally just to fuck him back off to the other universe. Like, no, this was this was the time to bring him in. This was the time to get him really interested in Spider Man, and then leave him there. Leave him well, you there. Know, you know what leave they could do? Him. It's the multiverse. They can have a Tom Hardy variant in the MCU. Gonna, yeah, I know they're going to get another Venom, but that that was the perfect time to do that like that. I know. Was I know? Not, you know, so I don't know. That that just really kind of irritates me on so and I know we haven't seen the whole big picture yet. Yada yada blah blah blah, but I don't feel like that was the good thing cuz I'm going to be honest, I didn't even watch Morbius. Uh If you watch Morbius, just don't even bother watching the mid-credits scene cuz I went into it expecting the worst movie ever and I actually kind of enjoyed it in a in a weird way until the mm-hmm. end credit scene. Um, I don't know if you've heard about what it is or not, but it was just, Oh, I know. So cr- okay. It was just so cringy and so forced. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it made the entire, like in two minutes, they made the entire movie just not even worth watching. So yeah, absolutely. It, so I'm, it just left like a bad whatever. taste in my mouth. Yeah. I'll, I'll watch it while I'm getting some work done next week. Um, and then after no way home was another one that no one's really sure how it's going to connect to anything else, but moon Knight. And I really tried hard to pay attention to what could connect moon Knight to anything else. And I'm not going to lie, um, when they said they were making a Moon Knight TV series, and then the first episode was him going in and out of consciousness, I really thought we were going to get a much crazier show than what we were, because I knew the whole story. You know, I knew the whole thing about how he's sharing his body with multiple personalities, and mm-hmm. most of them are the fist of Khonshu, and Khonshu's kind of a dick, but also not at the same time. And all this other stuff. And it was good. 
it was good. It was something that I enjoyed watching with Rachel, but at the same time, it wasn't on the level of like WandaVision and Loki where I was like every week, like I need that next episode. You got, got any more episodes, you know, (laughs) Um, but it was good. So I really hope that they do, do them all justice and bring them back. Yeah. Uh, If you want to be sold on an actor, if Mm. you want to be sold on Oscar Isaac's acting abilities, watch Moon Knight. Like, Mm He really like I I enjoyed Oscar Isaac. I think I watched him in uh, Sucker Punch, mm-hmm. Zack Snyder film from like 2009. Good movie. So ever since then, I've been like, oh yeah, he's a pretty cool actor. And then watching Moon Knight was just I thought that yeah. whole show was just uh, Oscar Isaac owns it. Well, and he also got announced to me by be my beloved Solid Snake in a live action Metal Gear Solid. And awesome. I'm I wasn't sure how I felt about that until I watched this, and I'm like, okay. Now it's really down to the characters because, well, he's no David Unsolid Snake hater. Um, he's gonna he's gonna be the new Solid Snake, so I've got to get over it. But Metal Gear Solid is not the point of what we're talking about. But you know, I do I do just want to say that it made me feel more at ease. Um, Mm-hmm. Now, I really love Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, but a lot of people were really let down, probably because of the ex- the high expectations they had, both of people were still awaiting the X-Men to show up unexpectedly in the MCU at- around this time, and then also everyone was just kind of like, I wanted more multiverse. We got really one multiverse, and then glimpses into some other ones. And yeah. I'm like, that's not the problem here i think it was a great movie um i think i think eternals for you was multiverse of madness for me that's not to say i disliked it it was mm-hmm. just, i i was one of those people that i was expecting i was expecting Much you know that bigger. scene where they're flying through different multiverses mm-hmm. i'm expecting them to be flying through like the battle of x3 the last stand and then they're flying mm-hmm. through the x the fox uh, x-men movie and yes. like like they're just like that's exactly what i'm saying different... yeah and then watching it a second time was better than the first time because i'm knowing i know what's i know what to expect and i enjoyed it for what it was but mm. I, I i really didn't feel like it delivered on the whole title of multiverse of madness i feel like it had too many expectations on it and honestly i feel like it delivered it it capped I'm off yeah. yeah, it capped off Wanda's story for a while. It yeah. literally brought her in as an actual, like, terrifying threat. Um, there was a lot of Sam Raimi that people don't really, they didn't really pay attention to because they were so off-put with how much that movie wasn't what they wanted. They went into it, turned into Veruca Salt from Willy Wonka, and didn't enjoy the rest of the movie because it wasn't what they wanted. And honestly, I went in and put my my inhibitions down. I was like, all right, listen. Multiverse of Madness or No Way Home is literally the best movie that I'm going to see for years. So yeah. I need to let that be the pinnacle and not keep everything up to it. And if the X-Men don't show up, that's fine. They're going to do it. They own these right. characters. They're spending money on it. If they don't do it now, it's going to be dumb. But when we finally get them, I'm going to be happy. Because I really exactly. do feel like setting them up in Phase 4 and then bringing them in fully more in Phase 5 would have been much better than whatever they're doing. But we don't make those decisions. You know, we're not the, the studio bigwig, so it is what it is. But I will have to say with this, um, 
I like Doctor Strange. They planted a lot of seeds for a lot more stuff in the future. And with as wacky as the ending was and just kind of out of nowhere for people, like I know who I know who Clea is. So as soon as she showed up, I'm like, okay, now we're gonna get into some good stories. Um you know, that's that's his wife in the comic books. So that right there is showing on they're forcing him to move away from what whatever her name is, Rachel McAdams. She's not important anymore. He's letting her go because Charlize Theron has purple hair and she's his wife now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're jumping into portals. And that, that that literally does set up for the next Doctor Strange movie a lot more than anyone thinks because he's literally going to fight Dormammu at his own door now. This isn't him taunting Dormammu until he gets bored. This is he's literally getting pulled into a war. And yeah. I think that's going to be much bigger when they come around to it, but because everyone was so let down that we didn't get any X-Men um and all of the, you know, Reed Richards's that we got died. Um, and we did get X-Men. We got Professor fucking Charles Xavier. He had we the had yellow watch, hover chair. We had to watch him die again. He had the yellow hover chair. Mm-hmm. And it played the X-Men theme song. I, I I teared up at that part. Oh, yeah. Well, Rachel was like laying on me at the time that Reed Richards showed up. And I like, yeah! Yeah! <laughs> and uh, she was like, you pulled my hair and that hurt. And I'm like, <laughs> but Reed Richards. <laughs> He's the smartest man in the universe, babe. Jesus Christ. I'm literally in this theater wearing th- this specific Fantastic Four shirt. And it was like, we're, why are you wearing a Fantastic Four shirt? I'm like, I've got some hunches. And, and I was just kind of being smug, but there we go. We got Reed Richards. And honestly, that's all I wanted. You know? Yeah. And maybe John Krasinski won't be Reed Richards going forward in the MCU, but for now my 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 appetite is wet um right yeah i've got to go through the entirety of the next phase phase but it's not like i'm not going to enjoy myself i'm actually really excited for quantum mania mm-hmm. so um you know and that's only a couple months away um yep. but so next we had miss marvel yes so i've known who kamala khan is for a long time she mm-hmm. was part of this wave of marvel trying to get younger hipper audiences and when they did it in the comic books it kind of felt like no but also this is where we need to point out that i'm like in my 30s and i'm a white straight male so like i'm not going to connect with a 16 year old muslim teenage girl i'm going to feel sympathetic for her but it's not going to come out and grab me the same way as it will for the actual intended audience. So I was so fucking pleasantly surprised at how much I like the show compared Mm -hmm. to the comic books. The comic books aren't written for me, but then they took that show and they made it accessible to everyone. And damn it. I liked it. It was adorable. It was charming as hell. It really was. was. It, It stayed true to the character, but it also didn't alienate the people that aren't going to connect with that character. Um, yeah, you know it may shock you, but I, I definitely was never a girly girl. So, <laughs> what? Yeah, exactly. So when they made that part of her not so overbearing, but still left it there, I was like, that was this was a very this was a very good decision with this show. Um, yeah, 
her character setup where she's just obsessed with the Avengers was a perfect gateway for anybody yes. that was kind of in that position Absolutely. of, I don't know if I'm going to like this or not. And then you see how mm-hmm. obsessed you're like, I can connect. I can connect yeah. with how Absolutely. Um, she leads Avengers. They literally took a character that was made for a niche market and made her accessible to everyone. And I felt like that was a very good effort on their end. And I know mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that was hating on it because like, I don't need no teenage girl superhero hashtag. Not my, well, first of all, fuck you. Second of all, this was great. Everything about it was awesome. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I wasn't as, as surprised as I was with she Hulk, but I still really liked every episode and waited for every episode. Um, yeah. Because I don't know if you remember, but I actually waited for this one to finish before I actually watched it. But it was just oh, one really? of those things that, like, Rachel and mine's work schedule was back and forth. So, you know, we didn't get to watch a lot of stuff. So it's like, we're going to watch this together. And we're going to watch every episode. So maybe uh-huh. we would only get to watch an episode or two before bed. But it was still just like, I can't wait for the next one. Yeah. So I really liked it um, um, Any, any last thoughts to... on that? For her at the end when, mm. you know, you go the whole series wondering, like, oh, shit, yeah. what, el- what else are they going to, like, what's the credit scene going to be to this mm-hmm. show? And then they went and did what they did. And for that mm-hmm. character, Bruno, to say, like, you know, your DNA, there's some kind of mutation. And just like Multiverse When he Madness, said mutation, yeah. And so, I'm like, again, welled up. I'm like, oh, my God, they did it again. They're doing it. And then when, not to jump ahead, but when Namor mm-hmm. mentioned mutant. And he straight up says he's a mutant. Holy shit. Um, I was like, we'll, we'll are, they gonna, are, are we going to hear that? Nah, 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 nah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and something else that I forgot about that I want to touch on real quick with Miss Marvel is they totally changed up her powers to fit the Phase 4 narrative like they did with Shang-Chi. But they also yeah. strayed two to him because she literally used the, the different powers differently to achieve the same thing. In the comic book, she's real rubbery like like Mr. Fantastic. In this, she used the hard and light shit to basically do the hard same Hard light, thing. yeah. You know, um, so that's cool. So that was Miss Marvel. And then the next movie that came out was Thor Love and Thunder. And yes. let me tell you, this movie did not get a lot of love at all. No love and only thunder. Only thunder. Um, I am also, mainly because I put myself in the mindset that the top of the mountain is no way home. I had to start being a lot nicer on my thoughts about the rest of these movies because it's not going to compare. And then I find out that everyone fucking hated Thor. I literally did a review video where I talked about how much I loved Thor and how it was such a great movie and the comedy in it was in the perfect amounts. And I love so many things about it. And everybody's like, yeah, that movie blows on ice. No, (laughs) no, I thought it was great. And they're like, yeah, I hated everything about that movie. Why did they make it? (laughs) You know, it's like, I heard so many more negative things about Thor than I did about the Eternals. I was like, do you guys not remember how bad the Eternals was? They're like, yeah, no, Thor's a stinker. And I'm like, no, no. Yeah, I, yeah, it didn't get, I don't know. You say, tonally, I think, yeah. For me, tonally, it was a little, it was a little all over the place to be so jokey, jokey, like rock. Well, that's who Thor is as a Monster character. jokes, what? That's who Thor is as a character. He is literally so cheesy and over the top that even when he's trying to be serious, he's still cheesy and over the top. 
and I love it. And I love that. Yeah. And Chris Hemsworth, Chris Hemsworth, com comedy chops. Oh my God. He's so mm -hmm. good. But I felt given the, given the circumstances of Natalie Portman's character, maybe they should have toned down a bit Dude. on the comedy. So I feel like they shouldn't have gone that hard on, on, on Jane Foster, man. Like they did her. They dirty. need to stop murdering characters. Uh -huh. bringing them back to murder them, bringing them in to murder them. And I, I feel like the way that they did it, it's not going to be the end of Jane Foster as a character because this is, you know, a series of events that happen to people. But at the same time, like, yes, I feel like they went way too hard on that for the tone of the rest of the movie. Granted, we're talking about a guy killing gods, which is definitely a touchy subject anyway. And I feel like the only way they could have gone with that was somewhat comical. Uh, let me ask you this. How fucking hard did you laugh about the little girl beating Gore the God Slayer to death with a teddy bear? Because let me tell you, that was great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A, an army of children, like, yes. zapping nightmare shadow monsters. Mm -hmm. I didn't know I needed that in my life. Absolutely. That was awesome. That movie that was gave you that moment. Um, the ending, you know, I thought, was one of the... I thought the ending was one of the, I don't know, mm -hmm. most unexpected and also most beautiful endings for, for those four characters to come to mm -hmm. terms at the end of mm -hmm. Thor and, and, um, and Gore to give up, or I guess it would have been Natalie Portman and Gore to give up something they needed to give something to the ones that they loved. And then, mm -hmm. you know, and it was just such a, such a organic ending right. for Thor to end up, with a daughter mm -hmm. and and then for Corgan to jump in and re-narrate the events and he's like this is the story of Jane Foster and and then he calls Thor and his daughter Love and Thunder mm -hmm. like I yeah. was just unexpectedly just bawling at back. the end of this movie yes like um. I, that <laughs> saved it for me yeah I just absolutely I, and 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 I feel like it's the only one thing I do have to say about that is I feel like that's another one of those things where they kind of painted the characters into a corner. They're kind of like, this is the end of the story now. And it's like, you know, you're going to need Thor back. Why are you yeah. getting rid of Thor? But at the same time, like if, if Thor doesn't come back to help out with any giant global King dynasty, I'm okay with that at this point. Like they literally have done too much to pass the buck on to other people that it's just kind of like, we're going to get what we're going to get at this point in time. And I know that's kind of like a sad way of doing it, but the thing is, is that what we get is always fantastic. Except for you, Eternals. Um, Wait two weeks and you'll have something else to bitch about. Right? Well, and then, because low. next up, speaking of which, because next up, the absolute most split decision that there has been in the entire MCU is She-Hulk Attorney at Law. I loved every goddamn second of this ep of the show everything Same. from wong uh getting the the woo party girl friend wongers, wongers my name is yeah. madison with two <laughs> n's and a y but not where you think that shit was so ate up because you know like it was it was just such a perfect comedic match because you've got that obnoxious off the wall character and then you've got mm -hmm. wong who's just so astute Most and stoic. like yeah, and then it shows them later on, and they're just cuddled up on the couch with a blanket watching The Sopranos together, and it's like, I love this. I love everything about this. Um, yeah. From 
I don't know, all the stupid comedy. Like, there are so many people out there like, She-Hulk twerked, and that makes me mad. Bro, that was that was the end credit joke scene. You're really upset about that? About an end credit joke scene? We got the mm-hmm. wrecking crew, you asshole. The entire wrecking <laughs> crew. Yeah. We we got Frogman. God damn it. We got we got Mr. Invincible. We got live action MCU Great Lakes Avenger Mr. Invincible. And you're gonna complain about an end credit joke scene, you fucking swine. Yeah. Agreed. I can't even say it with a straight face because it's just like man. Agreed. Everything no, about a, She-Hulk was great. Yeah, agreed. It was like in a in a time of um, arguably sat oversaturated superhero content to put out She-Hulk and be that legal comedy, mm-hmm. fourth wall breakingness. Like yes. this is kind of what we needed in this moment, and they did. They, they hit the mark perfectly. And then and also to introduce um, Daredevil in suit. Yes. In we Daredevil got scene. we got mustard and ketchup Daredevil. <laughs> yeah, no, and he was great. That was like the best it, yeah. episode I thought was the Daredevil oh, yeah. episode. Oh yeah, and the, and the Daredevil walk of shame at the end was awesome. Yes, Ab- absolutely. <laughs> Everything that they went with that was fantastic, and uh-huh. I like it. Um, uh-huh. And then there were so many people to hate on it, and then they turned around and made that like the meta kind of bad guy at the end was all the people hating on the show, like they already knew it was going to happen. That you was know. All, yeah. Um, Kevin, but then, Kevin the robot. Yeah. 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 Kevin. It was funny because I was watching it with Rachel and we watched things with subtitles on and she goes, why is that spelled like it's an acronym? And I'm like, I don't know. It better pay off to be a fantastic joke. And it did. That's true. It absolutely yeah. did. Um, you want to know something funny about that particular, ep- the, I guess the finale episode mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. Um, we had got tickets for Halloween ends. Yeah. At like seven o'clock showing on that first thursday night mm-hmm. and we got home and we squeezed she hulk finale in and we literally turned off the tv and walked out the door is because we were running late for halloween ends i'm like we got to get there we got to get there for halloween ends it's the last movie and then we watched halloween ends i'm like man we should have just stayed home and watched the the last episode of she hulk again because mm-hmm. that was far mm-hmm. more superior than halloween ends not to make oh, this man. a halloween ends review but no like um <laughs> Yeah, no, I'll I'll tell you what happened to ours later on um, because I don't want to turn that into this this episode. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, She Hulk was great. I loved everything about it. And now Werewolf by Night. Yes, that one was such a hard sell on Rachel because really? she had no idea who it was. I but said she hey. likes the old Universal monsters, though, right? She does. She does, which was crazy to me because I was like baby, this is right up your alleyway. I really want to watch it. So it literally mm-hmm. took like a good couple weeks of like every time it was like, hey, what are we going to watch? I'm like, werewolf by night. And she's like, no, I don't know. What that is. And I'm like, Aww. come on. So finally, I want to say it was a Saturday morning and we were just kind of like, you know, doing lazy Saturday morning things, staying in bed, drinking coffee. And I was like, hey, you want to you want to watch something with me? And she's like, "What? I'm like werewolf by night. Please don't say no. Please don't say no." And she's like, "Oh my god!" So then we finally watched it. And she loved it, and Good. that's and that's what I think is so great about Werewolf by Night is that nobody expected it to be the fantastic thing that it was. So what was great is I literally got to sit there with Rachel, who 
knew nothing of this entire leg of the Marvel universe. Like she doesn't know about the horror aspect. She know that blade exists and she knows that blade exists, you know? So, so she doesn't know that like monsters and shit, uh, vampires, all that stuff is a very canonical MCU thing. Um, so when it starts off and it's the Bloodstone family, I'm like, holy shit, are we going to get a live-action Elsa Bloodstone? And then, yeah, she shows up, and I'm like, oh, fucking sweet! And then, uh, <laughs> you know, we had all these characters, like, I did hear some theories that originally Blade was supposed to be in this, and it's pretty clear which character was supposed to end up being him. But then they kill him anyway. Like, all these dudes die. Um, yeah, at the end of it. Very so graphic. I guess, yeah. Very graphic. So I totally understand their their choice to not use him there, but um, the thing that completely threw me off guard was fucking man thing, hundred percent. And it was funny because they showed him like, "Baby, this man thing, his name's Ted." And then you know he was like, <laughs> "Oh, Ted, I'm so glad to find you." And she just looks at me. She's like, "I I hate you sometimes." <laughs> that was such a sweet. That was such a sweet twist. I love that they went that oh, direction man. with Ted with yes. man thing, because man thing is he is just. So the thing is, is that uh, Marvel and DC published Man Thing and Swamp Thing at like the same time. Um, so they are definitely analogs, almost of the same character. Except Man Thing's thing is, is that if you have fear in your heart, you know when he touches you, it burns the fuck out of you. And that was so fucking cool how they did that. Like that was just so fucking gnarly. I'd never literally in my mind expected that to look like that in live action. So, you know, someone who's been reading comic books for a long time was just like, dude. And the um, fact that they did this in black and white gives them more liberty to be more graphic with it. So great. Yes. And, 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 you know, he looked awesome as a werewolf too. Um, I loved it. I love the practical makeup. Oh yeah. I just, I kind of felt like that's where Moon Knight was going to show up because Moon Knight's first appearance was in a Werewolf by Night comic book. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it didn't happen, but it's okay. I feel like for what they did, for, for as little as they did, it was it was a very nice introduction into that doorway of the the Marvel Universe is that like, hey, you know, for every patriotic superhero and friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, there is ghosts and goblins and shit that goes bump in the night and people that take care of that for us yeah they've they've teased horror here and there in the mcu mm-hmm. um and then werewolf by night comes around and they swap team opened the door on the horror genre the horror absolutely direction of the mcu and mm-hmm. as someone who grew up and loves uh you know the universal classic horror i this was one of those this is like probably the most anticipated and also best paying off Mm. property we re- that we got and and you know as someone who loves the wolfman 1941 Lon Chaney Jr. Um, I thought oh, yeah. you know it really delivered and really opens the door on this whole new uh, they pulled the carpet up on this yes they absolutely this did part of the of this of, of the universe I loved they it they did a great job and then um, Black Panther you've seen it already right correct Okay. Yes. So at the time of this coming out, Black Panther's only been out for about a week, week and a half. Uh, a week, two Thursdays ago. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's 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 been out just long enough that everyone that really really wanted to see it has seen it. So that's why we don't care about doing spoilers. Like our our official the domain spoiler video hasn't come out, but this movie is about grief and moving on, and 
I really like where they went with it tonally, but I feel like it could have been a half hour to a 45 minute shorter and still have been just as good and effective as a movie. One of my major qualms is that they completely changed up everything about Namor, the Submariner, and the Atlanteans, and then they had to take the time to explain it. And that's my main qualm about this movie. It was very exposition-y. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, I feel like if they would have just been like, hey, this is Namor, fucking Google Wikipedia. He's a fish guy. <laughs> He's got yeah, wings on his feet. credit scene could have been a link. Yeah. Shit, well, they could have just been like, hey, we assume you know who Aquaman is. This is Marvel's Aquaman. He's much cooler, and he makes Reed Richards a cuckold on a regular basis. And, <laughs> and you know, it's it's that, that's a lot of the jokes that I've been seeing with the comic book, you know, reader community is they're like, yo, movie, movie name work could definitely cuckold the fuck out of movie Reed Richards. Yep. So many um, Pam Beasley jokes get made, too. Uh, <laughs> but um, I feel like this is a very stern and sober movie about accepting grief and moving on. Um, yeah. From multiple aspects, multiple angles. Yeah. Um, I think for the character, it was, it was weird. Like it was one of those like life imitating art kind of things mm-hmm. where going in, you're like, this isn't just acting. This is people processing and dealing with the loss of someone that they got to work with and know. Mm-hmm. And that kind of brought it to a different level of appreciation in a weird way to like see the opening, which was crazy. Um, mm-hmm. Like it, it, like it started off at like a hundred miles an hour. Like it didn't yes. just like slowly get there. And like, it was, that was just part of the whole grief aspect was this is not only the characters, but the actors processing the loss of Shadrick Bozeman, one of the greatest mm-hmm. actors coming up into his prime. And it was emotional. Like mm-hmm. it got, it was well, like the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, it did. And they crushed it. And honestly, like one of my biggest questions and concerns about this movie is really the only thing, the, the biggest irritation that I had with the first Black Panther movie is that they literally painted that character into a corner. If T'Challa can't be the Black Panther, then we can't have a, have a Black Panther. It's basically how the last movie ended. Um, Killmonger came in, he burnt the, the, the flowers. And mm-hmm. those are so much important they do a lot more than that than, you know, just give the black Panther his power. So it's like, they kind of just took that whole aspect of, of Wakanda and just said, ah, figure it out. And then immediately because real life, they had to figure it out. And I'm not saying it feels like the whole thing where they synthesized the herb felt kind of shoehorned, but I feel like part of the reason why they changed the Atlanteans was so they could have an excuse to make it so that they could recreate the flower. And that's where they that's tied a good it point. in. But honestly, in the long run, I feel like that vein of um, vibranium and the whole thing about them being down there and all that stuff is going to come around to either being Kang's machinations or it's going to come back to the hand, you know, sticking out of the water. Um, yeah, I was hope that's a good point. Yeah, that would have been cool if Namor sub like subtly dropped the, the the hint of like like yeah, fuck you guys. Like it's because of you. Um there's a giant marble man sticking out of my home. Sticking in the fucking water in his kingdom. But no, they <laughs> didn't bring it up then now either, did they? They had the no. perfect opportunity to. 
right? Like the Earth's core hatched and a person started coming out of it. And they're sticking not only out of the egg in the core of the Earth, but like out of the surface as well. And it's like, bro, nobody's going to bring that up. What if they gave us a Submariner spinoff movie of Namor and that was the plot? I don't know. <laughs> I or don't even know. just like the plot happens and then suddenly a man starts coming out of the core and they are like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. And then nothing, and then it stops, and like, oh, all right, yeah, that's that's fine. Yeah. And I also don't like the fact that they were like, all right, Riri Williams, you're you're allowed to go home and, and make things on your own, but we're we're gonna go ahead and take that Iron Man suit that you made because you you can't be Iron Heart yet. But like, I f- I feel like it's when you beat a video game and then wait for the next one to come out, and then like at the beginning of the next Castlevania, you lose all your power ups. At the beginning of the next Mega Man, you lost all your power ups, and you have to get your powers again. I feel like right. that's what they're doing to poor Riri Williams before her show oh. starts. Like they right. literally let her make the best possible suit in the Wakandan labs, and they're gonna send her home, and she's gonna be cool. Now I have to deal with this <laughs> garbage again. Great, and I don't know. Um, I feel like it's you know it's another thing where she wasn't one of the Young Avengers, but she might end up being one of the Young Avengers. I don't know. Um, if they're trying to fill a Tony Stark void, I guess she's your go-to. Mm-hmm. But uh, Black Panther was good about using all of its characters. There was definitely some more deaths in it that I was just like, stop. Um, I know. That was a gut yeah, punch. You that know, I'm, I'm still trying to be kind of light and spoiler-free about it, but it's just kind of like, bro, just stop. Yeah. stop. Oh, something else that I want to say before we move on, because we are close to time. Uh, we've actually gone over time. Um I really liked the fact that they had Agent Ross and Contessa and they're like, yeah, we used to be married. And I'm like, interesting. That adds a Checks lot out. more background to the character than you would think. Right. So that's pretty neat. Um, yeah. But that was Black Panther. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I feel like it was long. Um, I feel like we got the director's cut. Yes. Before we Did, got the original cut. Yes. Did the link of the, of the movie make me give it a lower score no absolutely not will it inhibit me from watching it again in the future hell yeah i don't like sitting through that long of a movie yeah um so i don't know probably not gonna do again i'm so sorry i got the gassy bones. we're almost tom, at the tom, end tom, tom, tom. so yeah that's some played some D today and had some chili uh <laughs> So the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Yes. Black Panther Wakanda Forever is officially the end of phase four. However, um, as you were telling me right before we went on, because I had no idea personally, but Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special is going to be the epilogue of phase four is exactly the words that were used. Um, mm-hmm. I don't even know what to ex- Yeah. As per James Gunn. Um, which is crazy because now he's he's the Kevin Feige of DC movies. Good. Um, so yeah. I feel like this is the last James Gunn project that we're getting because he's now DC's Kevin Feige. Volume um, three. Volume three. Is he making volume three? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. That comes out. I thought last time I heard he wasn't making summer. volume three. Okay, good. Well, they, they, well, they fired him and then they brought him back because everyone was threatening to leave and not come back right. for three. Right. They that's brought him right. back, and they filmed three, and now he's doing DC stuff. Okay. Um, but yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, I'm actually looking forward to that, because the status quo was that Thor was with them, and then Thor starts off with him with them, and then he leaves. And they're like, good, fuck off. We're going to go have our own adventure. 
The question is, is them fucking off for that adventure? Is that what the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special is, or are we getting something else? Um, I think, I don't know. It sounded like they they were taking care of Thor Love and Thunder related business, mm-hmm. which, which seemed to wrap up within, I guess, timeline wise, like a week, maybe mm-hmm. less than a week. So, I mean, you could very well be seeing just like a few months out after Love and Thunder. If you're looking at a timeline, like Love and Thunder happens, they fuck off, and then you've got a few months later the Guardians holiday special. Yeah, absolutely. That could be that too. I don't know. There's a lot that they had a very linear timeline with the MCU, and then they did the blip and skipped forward five years. And I feel like everything in phase four happens in the same week because they needed to catch up on themselves. There's a to plug another channel, I suppose, uh, a channel called Geek Critique. And they literally mm-hmm. map out the entire MCU and include anything and everything you could possibly think of. And it's it's worth checking out just to see, like, kind of... I will. Geek Critique. I'll send you a link. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, they got some good shit on there. Absolutely. Well, um, that has been a good look at Phase 4 for us. I know, I know we're over time. I know, you know, brands kind of get this file and be like, how long did you guys talk? Which is great because I feel like every time I, I do that and he gets mad at me for length, it's absolute gold. So <laughs> I'm forgiven in the long run. So Brian, I'm sorry this episode's a little bit long. Everyone for listening, thank you for listening. Um, please let us know your feedback and comments because I know a lot of people have a lot of things to say about Phase 4 and it definitely contradicts a lot of the things that I've said. Um, so we want to know that feedback. We want to know what you guys think. Um, so this is the phase four special episode. This is going up on all of our regular podcast venues, as well as uh, the videos going on the YouTubes. So hopefully plenty of opportunities for people to talk back to us. Um, definitely when you're on YouTube, visit planet recap for Travis stuff, because yeah. it's about to be more important than you think guys. Um, You've yep. been you've been on the channel, so I'm not going to go, you know, and have you do like a whole like this is what I do. But Travis yeah. basically recaps the previous movies and lets you know what you need to. You, the service that you provide is the perfect thing before you go into the next MCU, and I think it's essential viewing for every single time the next one starts. So definitely, if you haven't seen Black Panther yet, check out Travis's video. Uh, I'm definitely assuming that you're going to have something thrown out for us for uh, Quantum Oh yeah, I've I've officially started my my writing script of it the today. Research. Actually, <laughs> yes, good, absolutely. So I look forward to that. Definitely check him out, uh, Brian. Be sure to put the link to his YouTube channel, please, uh, on the YouTube's. Everyone listening to the podcast, check out Travis's YouTube Planet Recap, and of course our fine videos that we have on our YouTube here. Uh, for those of you who visit our website, we are going to get back to getting the articles done. I'm working on one right now. I've been working on it for months because I just kind of lost my voice on it. And Brian was like, I'm going to need you to get back to that. So boss man, I'm working on that after I sent you this video. <laughs> so stay tuned to all of our venues. We've got the YouTube, we've got the podcast, we've got Twitch streaming. Uh, we're going to start doing more Saturday streaming. We're taking suggestions for games. Just keep, keep up with us with the feedback and we will listen to you. So I thank you for watching this very long episode. Um, Travis, thank you for joining me today. I really appreciate you. I always love talking about Marvel with you and uh, absolutely Wakanda forever. Um, That being said, this is Josh Thundershaver and I will catch you next time. But for now, this has been a very special episode of the domain.